Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. We hope that this message inspires you and helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it is such a privilege to have you joining us today uh, Suncoast Church online. And yeah, it's Mother's Day. And again, I would just want to send a huge happy Mother's Day to all our moms. And, you know, just straight off the bat, it's worth acknowledging that this day can mean a whole lot of different things to everyone. And for some, it's a day filled with incredible joy. For others, it might be a day filled with memories or even incredible sadness. And whatever it means for you, we love you. And we're praying for you and we're grateful for your life and we're praying God's richest blessing over you. And if you're watching this with your mum today, make sure you give her a hug and a kiss. If you haven't called her yet, call her. Tech, don't text her. Call her. Your mum's worth it. And uh, all the mums there and the mums to be, we just think the absolute world of you. You know, we're in a series right now called Unshaken. And last week I kind of began a little two-part series within the broader series about hope. And I wanted to continue on that today. A few years back, uh, I went to Japan for, to celebrate my 30th birthday with a bunch of my friends. And it was one of the, the best experiences. We got to go snowboarding. And i never forget one of those nights, we woke up in the middle of the night to my room shaking. And it was such a weird experience going, what is going on here? Um, the phone fell off the bedside table. Uh, the books on the shelves were rattling. The room was rattling. And it was the weirdest experience. And it took me a few seconds to realize that there was an earthquake going on. And man, I was freaking out. But after a few seconds, it stopped and everything was safe and okay. Went back to sleep. Woke up the next morning, was talking to the locals who were there about, man, what was that last night? And they were like, man, earthquakes happen here all the time. It's Japan, very, very common. And I'm like, weren't you guys concerned? I was concerned. I'm looking at the room rattling and the room shaking. And they said something I'll never forget. They said to me, it's okay here. Because we expect earthquakes, we expect the shaking, all of our buildings are designed to endure the shaking. They're designed that way from the ground up because we expect shaking. And I think you know where I'm going with this. I think the same can be said about our lives. And shaking in any regard in our lives shouldn't be taken as a surprise or something that we don't expect. It's life. Things don't always go according to script or to plan. Often they do, but more often than not, shaking happens. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, sometimes for both. But wherever it happens and however it happens, I think there's a principle we can learn here that we would learn to build our lives in such a way that we can endure shaking. And if you've been listening to us for any time during this series, we are absolutely convinced that faith in Jesus is 100% vital to any of our lives to ensuring that we can endure the shakings of life, however that shaking looks, whether it's shaking financially, in our health, maybe even relationship in your life. And certainly the globe right now is going through a significant shaking. Governments are shaken, politics are shaken, the economy is shaken, our trust is shaken. But there is something through putting your trust in Jesus Christ, and we're going to tap into this a little bit today, that we can learn how to have the kind of life that will endure any shaking. Maybe you're someone that would have considered yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus and you're watching here today. I'm super glad you found yourself here. And I want you to stay listening for these next few moments because maybe you've never learned to tap into a source of strength for your life. Something to hold to, something to put your trust in that will allow your life to endure through all the different shakings in our life. Now, last week, as we kind of launched this little two-part idea around hope, 
we looked at how in the Christian belief, in the Christian faith, there is one significant belief that is kind of is a unique dynamic to Christianity that helps us to stand out above the rest. And it's this whole idea of, of hope. And for the Christian, we realize that hope is one of the greatest lenses in which we are to view the world. Our trust in Jesus ultimately causes us to hope in such a way that it goes beyond just rationale. It goes beyond just the facts. It's something so much deeper. And it causes us to look at the world through a lens of hope. And we looked at what the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament to the church in Rome. And in Romans chapter 5, he makes an amazing statement. He talks about how we don't just glory, we don't just rejoice when things are going well. As a Christian, his words are, we also glory or we rejoice in suffering when life is shaken. We can rejoice in that. We glory in suffering because we know. Here's something we know. And for the Christians, here's what we know. It says, we know that suffering produces perseverance, or another word for that is endurance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And so for the Christian, we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope in this situation is seen in being able to, and here's the words of the Apostle Paul, to glory in suffering, to rejoice in suffering. This is one of the most profound pictures of the Christian hope, that our joy in life isn't just in the outcome of a situation turning out how we want. We can even find joy in suffering. Now, I just want to say for a moment, I mentioned this last week, for many of you, suffering it's kind of, it's not just one dynamic. Suffering can come in, in different shapes and sizes. And for some of you that experience experiencing deep suffering right now, this is, I do not for a moment want to minimize the pain you're in or minimize what you're going through. Indeed, the suffering that people can journey through and walk through in life can be so, so deep. It can have such a profound effect on every part of our life, even including your faith in God. And I want to acknowledge that, but I also want to acknowledge that for many people, the reason they've come to faith in God is because of the suffering they've experienced and because of the pain they've experienced and their pain they've experienced and the suffering they've walked through has led them to ask questions that surely there is more to life and their suffering has led them to finding God. And so this is in many cases a, a great mystery. And so without minimizing that, I still want to point out the fact that this hope, the Christian hope, it doesn't come out of nowhere. And this is what the Apostle Paul is getting at. This kind of hope it has grown, it is built, or the word he uses is produce. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Now think of this term for a moment, to glory in suffering, or to, to rejoice in suffering. I mean, there is not many things in life that you can, with full confidence, use that kind of terminology with, to glory in suffering, or to rejoice in suffering. There are some that I can think of where it makes sense. And when I think of, uh, many of you are into your uh, different activities, and I know particularly we've had isolation, one of the few things we've been able to do is to get inside of nature, less cafes, less restaurants, less bars, and it's been more out enjoying nature. And I'm someone that absolutely loves to get on trails and run. I know some of you are already rolling your eyes. I have not shared a running or jogging analogy for years, so hang with me. But all, there's all these people I now enjoying nature and enjoying the trails. I'm like, where were you guys several months ago? But there are many people that seek endurance sports or adventuring. I have some friends who do extreme adventure sports or advent, adventure or endurance activities. And these are the kinds of people 
And you might think they're absolutely weird and bizarre, and indeed they are, but they seek out suffering. They seek activity, they seek adventure, they seek, seek out sports. They're gonna push their body and their mental wits to the limits, they actually seek it out. And granted, this is a unique suffering because first of all, it's a suffering that is chosen, <laughs> self-inflicted, but it's also a suffering that arguably could be stopped at any time. However, why do they do it to themselves? Why do people willingly seek out things that will cause your body to suffer and push itself in extreme situations where you will have to endure? Because these people understand that there are some things that can only be produced in our life there are some characteristics that can only be revealed or manifested in our life. There are some virtues that can only be built or discovered in our lives on the other side of comfort when you find yourself in a place of suffering, of pain. That there are some things in our life that are only built on the other side of it. That there is a depth to your life, that there is a resilience to the human being there is a strength that has been given to every person from God that regrettably often goes untapped or unrealized or undiscovered simply because we have been unwilling to get out of our comfort and to see just how deep of a resilience God has created you to have. And the endurance athlete or the adventurer, they seek it out and they find joy in it, they find fulfillment in it, they actually want it, they are hungry for it because they've understood that there is a better them, there is a better me, there is a better you on the other side of our comfort. So here's the thing about endurance. Endurance in this capacity, it's not one dimensional. You know, I've, I've raced in many endurance races before and I've learned something here that endurance, it can look different at different times and I think it's the same with our life. Sometimes in an endurance sport or endurance event, in, endurance can look like running fast and it's really, really easy. But at other times, just walking slow can be super, super hard. Still yet at other moments, in an endurance event, the most enduring thing you can do is to stop, to sit down, to rest, and to refuel. And the idea of endurance is that no matter what place you get, you've won. Because endurance, stay with me, endurance is the prize. Endurance is the gold, not beating someone else, not coming first in your age category. Endurance is the prize. And what's amazing in this context that the Apostle Paul is talking about how suffering can produce perseverance in our life. And if you follow that down to the nth degree, you end up with hope. This idea of endurance or perseverance comes from the Greek term meno, which means to abide or to rest in or to hold on to, to abide, to abide, to stay put. And this is interesting when we consider the idea of faith, because if anything like me, and maybe you're, when you think of the idea of faith, maybe you're someone who grew up in a religious environment, and so you heard many different ideas about what faith is, and maybe you're someone who had nothing to do with Christianity or any faith, and so you can have these weird ideas of faith. I certainly know one idea that I had of growing up of faith was that it is often characterized by a bold move forward or the whole idea of leaping into the great unknown, doing something radical or doing something dramatic, laying it all on the line. And indeed, that dynamic is part of what we would know as faith. But it is not the full story. At times it is that, but at all times, at all times, faith 
is an exercise of trust, of trust. And to trust at times means to be still, to be immovable, to be steadfast, to be planted, to be consistent. Sometimes the greatest act of faith you and I can ever do is to be faithful. So this idea to abide for the Christian, we worked that out to its logical conclusion where we would say we abide in Christ. We don't abide in ourselves. We don't abide in our own strength. We don't abide in our own experience. For the Christian, we have tapped into our strength source. We have learned to abide in Christ. And so our endurance, this endurance that we believe is embedded in the hearts of every single person, it isn't on the other end of our own strength or what we do for ourselves, but the Christian endurance is found in Christ. It's found in His faithfulness. It's found in His strength. It's found in His promise. It's found in His love for us. And the more you learn to tap into that, the more you learn that there is an endurance, there's a steadfastness, and there's a strength that you can discover for your life that will cause you to endure any shaking. And here's how we see this outplay over and over and over again in the New Testament. There's one particular passage here that I want to read. This is from the book of Hebrews. It was written to Jewish Christians in the first century AD. And it says this about this whole idea of endurance and abiding in Christ. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 to 3. And about Christ it says, For the joy set before him, speaking of Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, consider Jesus, who endured, there's that word again, who endured such hostility from sinners, so that you, and so that I, so that we, would not grow weary, here's the kicker, and lose heart. It says, consider Christ, consider what he endured, so that you and I, would not grow weary and lose heart. And if we're honest, most of our biggest losses in life, particularly when we go through a shaking, the biggest losses in life are not things. There's something deeper than that. You can lose things. You can lose a job. I mean, these things hurt and they're tough. I mean, you can lose a relationship. You can lose health. But if we're truly honest, our biggest losses in life are not the loss of things or stuff. It's usually a loss of heart. And what the New Testament would say here is, hey, consider Christ. Consider His endurance lest you should grow weary and eventually lose the greatest thing of all, lose heart. We can grow discouraged. We can grow resentful. When things are shaken, we can grow anxious until eventually we grow weary. And the end result is that we would lose heart. And when shaking gets to our hearts, that's where the truest danger always lies. And when life shakes us, and maybe you're going through a shaking right now, as much as we're going through a global shaking in so many areas, we're all going through unique shaking, sometimes great, sometimes smaller. For some of you, it's more personal, for others less. But when we go through a shaking, something is going to grow in 
our lives. And the New Testament warns, hey, be careful because you might grow weary and then lose heart. So something is going to grow in our lives. It's either going to be negativity, perhaps resentment, bitterness, maybe even hatred or anger, or you can make this choice when shaking happens, gratitude can grow in your life. Joy can grow in your life. Strength can grow in your life. Faithfulness, vision, love. So be careful what we allow to grow in our life when we go through the shaking. Because the Christian knows, remember this is what was said in Romans 5, we know that suffering produces endurance. We know that endurance produces character. We know that character produces hope. The Christian knows that shaking can produce something good. And this is the hope of a Christian. So my question to you is what are you allowing to grow in your life when your life is shaken? I'll give you an example for this. And this happens regularly in in my life for Chloe and I, Chloe, my wife, for those who don't know us. um, Say if we're going through a financial shake and we have to consider our budgets when maybe we have a financial goal and many of you have financial goals and many of you right now, maybe your finances are shaken. We will talk it out. We will use wisdom. We will look at counsel. We'll go to mentors and, and look at all our options when we're considering something that has financial consequences to it. And, and you know, those discussions you have, maybe if you're in a relationship with, in a family, financial discussions can bring a unique shake into relationships, right? And in fact, arguably one of the biggest contributors to relationships breaking up is debates around finances. And even if you're a single person, often your plans in life can be limited or released because of how you're navigating your finances right now. So whenever we have a conversation around finance and we can have it over days or even weeks or even longer, once we finish that, you can sometimes be rattled. Your confidence can be rattled. Your joy can be rattled. Your faith can even be rattled. And so Chloe and I have this habit or this discipline we do in our life because we want to be intentional about what grows in us when we're shaken. After we've had the discussion, after we're freaked out, after we've talked with one another, we will always finish. We will hold hands and then we will pray and we will thank God. And we'll go, God, you've heard our discussion. We've done everything we can practically and now we trust you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we already have enough in you. We thank you that you don't owe us a thing. Look, we're not going to you trying to score brownie points or trying to twist your arm. We thank you that we're already blessed. And so we will intentionally we want to make sure that what grows in our life when we are shaken financially is gratitude. Because if we don't lean into gratitude, the only thing left to grow in us is entitlement. And if we lean to, into entitlement, entitlement will cause resentment to grow in us and cause bitterness to grow in us. And that can gnaw away at our faith. And eventually we will grow weary and lose heart. And you and I never want to get there. So we are intentional. But we allow to grow when things are shaken. And so the solution when things are shaken, this is what the New Testament says, is to consider Him. Consider Jesus, lest you should grow weary and lose heart. Because whatever it is that grows in our life will either lead to hope or will either lead to you and I losing heart. So consider, the term here, consider. I want you to consider what you lean into. I want you to consider about what you dwell on because what you dwell on, what you think about will ultimately grow in our life and what ultimately grows in our life will ultimately lead to hope or us losing heart. So what are you dwelling on? Right now in the season of life where things might be shaken or whenever you go through something where something's shaken, are you considering, are you leaning into, are you considering what you have or what you don't have? What you've got 
or what you've lost? Are you considering God's goodness if you're a follower of Jesus? Or do you find yourself always thinking on where you go wrong and your sinfulness? We often think about how far we've got left to go. Or do you ever stop and consider how far that you have come? Because what you and I consider and what we're intentional about looking into and considering, we cultivate in our life. We cause to grow. And so what did Jesus do? When we consider him, we considered him. He endured. Jesus was the ultimate endurer. He was immovable. He was steadfast. He was faithful and he's always been faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. And when Jesus went through a season in his life where everything was shaken, the one thing that wasn't shaken, and I'm so grateful for this, he wasn't shaken. Things were shaken. The world was shaken. But Jesus has never been shaken. And when life is shaken, and if your life is shaken right now, I'm asking and I'm praying for you that you would consider him who was never shaken. Consider him who endured the cross. Consider him who endured hostility from sinners. Consider Christ and choose to put your trust in him who is the same yesterday, today and forever. And when you do that, this will grow your hope. Remember we read that? That we can rejoice in suffering because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. But I want to read the very next verse and we'll finish here. And this is really interesting and fascinating about what is written next. This is verse 5 of Romans chapter 5. Saying after our endurance and character will ultimately produce hope. The very very next verse says this. Now hope, this is verse 5, hope does not disappoint because, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Hope does not disappoint. And when you hear me talking about hope, for some of you, this might be really good news. And for others of you, you might, be, you might be really questioning this because you've been taught not to hope. Maybe life's done enough for you to teach you to doubt hope or to question hope or to never hope. But the Apostle Paul would say, after we look at Christ, Hope, it does not disappoint because God's love or the love of God has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And here's what you have to understand for the Christian. When we talk about hope, we're not talking about simply wishful thinking or mere optimism. For the Christian, for the follower of Jesus, hope is a new mode or a new way of knowing For the Christian, it's a mode in which all things are possible. Options are not shut down and new creation can happen because our hope is in a resurrected Jesus. And so here's the big thought I want to finish on today. This passage here says that hope doesn't disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Here's where we get our hope in the first place. God's love was poured on humanity through Jesus Christ, who was given to the world. God's love was poured on humanity through Jesus Christ, who was given for the world. But then, God's love was poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit given to you. Why God demonstrated his love for the whole world, for all of humanity, through Jesus, it becomes personal. He pours his love into your heart, the very person who needs hope, the very person who needs hope to grow when things are shaken, God's love has been poured, not just on humanity through Jesus, but God's love has been poured into your heart and into my heart through the Holy Spirit 
He was given to us. And I would encourage you that the Spirit of Jesus Christ is right here and right now available for your life. As much as Jesus lived in a certain place at a certain time when we record his life, what he began and what he released on the planet is his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And it's everywhere and he's for everyone and he's for you. And he can begin to work in your life and produce a hope that is bigger than things and bigger than an economy and bigger than a government and bigger than our bodies and bigger than our relationships with others as beautiful as they can be. There is a hope and there is an endurance that can come through God's love for you that has been poured through the Holy Spirit into our hearts, given for all of us. And through God's love for you, you can build the kind of life that can endure any shaking. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're someone that you've never choose to put your trust in Jesus and to find that hope that comes through faith in Him. I'm going to pray a prayer and I want to invite you to pray this prayer either out loud. The words are going to be on the screen here as I pray it. Or maybe you just want to pray it quietly. If you're somewhere, it might be a bit awkward to pray out loud. But this is making a first step of putting your trust in Jesus and to know a hope that will cause your life to endure. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me Jesus. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Today I choose to put my trust in you. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we would love to hear from you. We'd love you to click a button that says, hey, I made that decision. I would love you to DM on any of our platforms through our church. We'd love to have to help you. But before we do that, I want to pray one more prayer for us all right now. And whatever you're walking through, however you're shaken, and however things are going for your life, that you would know the peace of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that you are right now there with every person watching through their screens. And I'm praying for your hope. I'm praying for your courage. I pray that they would know your love that has been given for them through the Holy Spirit. Pray for those whose lives are shaken right now. Would you teach them that they are able to endure and endurance can grow in their life. And I pray that they would all know the incredible strength that comes through hope in Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by what you heard and inspired to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. Hope you can join us again on the next podcast or here at Suncoast Church.